Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Alive show, where we interview athletes, coaches, entertainers, artists, musicians, authors, and many more on both our podcast and YouTube channels. We discuss their upbringing, careers, and what they're doing today. We document the past so the future can remember. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share our programs. Got a guest you'd like to hear? Contact us and we'll try and get them on the program. We have over 200 episodes recorded, so please enjoy. Stories can't be remembered unless they are told. Someone asked me one time how I get my guest ideas. It's easy. Those I've had memories of in my lifetime. In a weird sort of way, it brings closure to certain times in my life. A history major at Indiana State University, I feel it's my way of preserving history for future generations to remember. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show, the Indiana Basketball Memories Edition. My name is Billy. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you're probably watching this on anchor.fm backslash KTNA, which stands for Keeping the Nostalgia Live. Or you are watching this on YouTube, which is uh, at the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show on YouTube. Today... <laughs> We had a, a, a couple technical errors, but today we are joined by Norm Starkey. Norm, thank you so much. I, I know you, you love to golf, and uh, thank you for se- taking some time out of your busy schedule to uh, talk about uh, Indiana High School basketball, and, uh, and th- there's just so much that we can talk about. Right. Anytime in Indiana, you can talk about basketball, and right now we're about halfway through the football playoffs, and getting the balls are already bouncing for basketball, and we got a beautiful day today, about a 52 degree fall day, and we're ready to go. Well, I'm coming to you from Houston, Texas. It's going to be 82 today, which is actually not a bad uh, temperature, and uh, uh, I've lived in Houston since 1996. And the uh, Astros are going to play again tonight. Uh, hopefully, they won't cheat to win. <laughs> yeah, uh, broken leg with a bouncing ball back to the pitcher. Man, that's something else. That I, guy, s- I saw that, and I there. thought that was just fake news. <laughs> yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> well, my career got started with, uh, actually, we were very fortunate to have a woman teacher at about the fifth grade, Mrs. Bush, and she supposedly, the rumor was, she had played some basketball herself, and she was interested, and to find a fifth or sixth grade woman teacher that was interested in boys' basketball at that time was kind of unusual, and she got us started, and we'd shoot baskets at recess time, especially in the winter when it's cold or bad outside, and she let us organize. We dyed some shirts, uh, blue and uh, I think yellow, and took uh, probably a sharpie and put numbers on the back and we'd play we got to play in front of some students and then uh, it gets into seventh and eighth grade in the eighth grade uh, they thought we were going to be pretty good we won the marion county tournament which was quite a few teams and then it's kind of started from there billy uh with our basketball 
tell us a little bit about about uh, tell us a little bit about your family and uh, uh, growing up and uh, who who you played basketball for and and your high school basketball career. Okay, uh, I had a sister was four years behind me, so I kept her straight in high school, and she kept me straight by watching what I was doing, and uh, I was fortunate enough to as a freshman going from eighth grade I was, we had a pretty good team and uh, going into the freshman I was moved right to the varsity and we had a they thought we were going to be a decent team and they wanted a big name coach well Burl Frittle who played for the Franklin Wonder Five he won two state championships one in, up in uh, Fort Wayne and one down south at Washington and uh, they hired him he stayed one year and uh he had a lot of good plays. He's a fundamental good coach. And that was the beginning of the jump shot. And I would take a jump shot, and he'd say, kid, he called me the kid because of the juniors and seniors on the team. Kid, why do you want to jump up in the air and shoot that ball when you can stay flat-footed on the ground and shoot it and be balanced? And that was kind of the beginning of the jump shot in that time. So I did what he told me, and... Uh, we had some uh, good uh, teams. I played with some juniors and seniors. And at that time, my dad was a manager of J.K. Lilly Forest Reserve, who was, had been a farm and a small forest, and he turned it all into a forest and went out of the farming business. Therefore, there were some barns empty that didn't have any cattle or anything. So my dad and I uh, pushed the hay back, what little was left, put a basket in one end and a, a floodlight, and we played basketball up at night until midnight. And a couple of times, uh, the varsity players would have practice, eat, come over to my barn, and play basketball. They had to let me play some because it was my barn and my ball. And I'm an eighth <laughs> grader, and, and that sure helped me when I got back against kids my size and age. And um, we had some uh, good team. We played, of course, when I was a freshman playing the varsity. We played at the county tournament back then. It was about 10 teams, and we played at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Well, there's all kinds of stories about that place is so big, and the ceiling is so high, and the uh, floor is built up. It's got a lot of bounce in it, and you get can get confused and go to the wrong end of the basket, the, the court. That, that's all I needed to hear as a freshman, but it worked out all right, and Burl just uh, stayed one year. And then we had another coach named Carl Underwood who came from uh, Hamil- or, uh, Hendricks County who had a record as a fast little guard. Um, Bill, you have anything there? I don't. Uh, that takes me up through high school. <laughs> who'd, you guys, who'd you guys And it was Pike Central or was it Pike at that time? Pike Township or Pike High School. There was nine uh, schools, nine county schools, and that was before the new schools like North Central, uh, Southport split in with Perry Meridian, uh, Brebuff came around, uh, Lawrence North later in life <laughs> came around, and they produced some great players themselves. So I played four years of varsity and three years of varsity quarterback, and uh, back then we did not have uh, good guidance departments in the school. And I had an assistant coach who didn't have uh, children, and he took a great interest in me and helped me get find a college. And I got hooked up with DePaul University at Greencastle. Cal Luther is the coach who later went to Murray State and 
uh, someplace in Tennessee, but uh, we didn't have a guidance department, and I didn't have a foreign language. So I go down in September and enroll, and, and they tell me, well, here's your schedule, and you got to have two years of foreign language. And they said, we have best. I said, I had none. And they said, well, your best bet would be take uh, Spanish. So I go into Spanish the first day or so. There's 25 guys or gals, maybe. And they're all speaking Spanish the first day, and I didn't know one Spanish word. I didn't even know Taco Bell at that time. uh, (laughs) So uh, it kind of scared me out, and I stayed around through the fall and uh, uh, played in an inter-squad game at Thanksgiving and told my mom and dad, I said, now here's the deal. I had a half tuition at DePaul University. I can go to Ball State for the whole year for less than what I'm getting up there with a half tuition. And uh, I decided by that time I wanted to be a coach and not just taking a liberal arts uh, major. So I transferred to Ball State. And I was hanging around the gym a lot. And uh, later on, two of my buddies from DePaul transferred up to Ball State too. And I was hanging around the gym, and Jim Hinga was the head coach at Ball State at that time. And and he said, why don't you just kind of head up these uh, other guys I got as managers to take care of statistics and uh, different things like that. And uh, he even said, why don't you get your referee's license? He said, you can referee junior high games or eighth grade games, freshman games, and make some extra spending money for college. And I even went out with him on Friday nights around Muncie, and I refereed all the reserve game, and he and his buddy, his other official, would referee a half a piece and then give me a five or a ten or whatever back then. And I learned the other aspect of the game and met some administrators from schools, which I thought might have helped me in the, uh, later on. In fact, when I got ready to apply for jobs, I used Burl Friddle's name as a reference because I thought maybe some old superintendents and principals might uh, remember him with the Franklin Wonder Five. And I graduated from Ball State and uh, took my first coaching job at Lawrence Central as freshman football and basketball. And uh, believe it or not, my starting salary, coaching freshman football, basketball, in five classes was $5,200 a year. And uh, I made it. <laughs> well, of course, my first wife, she was an elementary teacher, and you almost had to both work to keep your head above water. And uh, I was there two years, and uh, Pike anticipated a change at Pike in the future. Hugh Thimler was the coach, so they asked me to come over there, and I was Hugh's assistant for two years, or, yeah, two years, and they made a change, and uh, he was a little bitter, as most guys are when they're up ousted, whatever you want to call it. And uh, he talked one dad into moving his son down to Southport because they were winning the county about every other year. And uh, they talked another kid, 6'5 kid, into moving and uh, with him to Florida. And they found out down there that what the, he went down to uh, uh Fort Myers and coached high school and then became the coach at Edison Junior College and he took this kid down there and they ruled him ineligible and he had to come back and was not eligible up here because he didn't switch residence. So I didn't have much for a couple of years there and uh, 
lo and behold, uh, we won, I think, eight the first year, and we built it up into 15 wins. And uh, since those two kids moved out, I had some tryouts, and I had a super, new superintendent come in, and he had a son that played football. I let him try out, and I cut him. Uh, he and some other guys at Christmas time because they weren't basketball players, and we were building for the future. And uh, he kind of held that for as a, a grudge, I think, because when I was up for tenure, I was fired because I did not win the Lebanon or Zionsville. They switched it back and forth sectional. And uh, so happened in that sectional was uh, Rick Mount, All-American at Purdue. And with him was a kid named Jeff Tribbett, who went on and played at LSU with Pete Merovich. And uh, that was kind of the reason we didn't win the sectional. But uh, in his mind, it was still because I cut his son. So politics comes into fact uh, in high school sports, too. Let's see. You have anything right now? You have a question? You know what? You know, there were a lot of basketball minds that have come out of Ball State. Uh, uh, Basil Malby, uh, Jack Kiefer. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I can can throw a stone from here to Jack Kiefer. (laughs) And we competed. When I was at Lawrence Central, we competed against each other when he had the Montrose and the Leary and all those good kids. Now, some move, some kids move in because they want to play for a winner, and Jack worked hard at the game, and it's still working. <laughs> and how do you how do you feel about that? I mean, I mean, I went to an Indianapolis oh. public school. I went to Broderpool, and you know, you got right. what you got. Yeah, and you get the big school and the city school systems. Truthfully, you can get lost in the shuffle out in the county. Everybody knows everybody, and they think they have a pipeline to the superintendent, the athletic director, or the principal. But I had some real strong athletic directors and principals early in my career, Larry Haney down at Franklin Central, and sometimes they wouldn't even get to me. If they had a complaint that the superintendent, he'd say, well, talk to the athletic director. He's running the athletic program, and uh, the athletic director, he'd cover, he'd say, hey, he sees them every day. He's playing the best place people he can see, and uh, so that's the way that goes. Um, was your first love basketball? Because I, I, I've seen, and I may be wrong, and correct me, please, that you also coached cross country and you also coached baseball. I coached baseball. I did, never did coach cross country. Okay. A lot of times basketball coaches coach cross country because they're trying to run kids and get them in shape in the fall. And uh, cross country is the second, secondary thought there. And I didn't have that uh, sincere attitude. I said I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't do a good job coaching cross country because my heart's not in it. But I did like to coach sports that had a ball. I coached uh, – I started – tennis at two schools, Southeastern and Lawrence Central. Uh, I coached baseball at Pike, Southeastern, and Franklin Central, and then basketball, of course, at all four of them. But uh, I was a head coach in four sports in Marion County and Southeastern. Uh, in fact, the year that uh, I was relieved at Pike was the first year of the state baseball tournament, and we won the sectional. 
And uh, jokingly, in the paper, they said they'd hired Paul Curtis from Manchester up north, and he was coming into Pike as head basketball and assistant baseball. And I, I reminded them that I would, I'd resigned as basketball coach, not as baseball. I said, next year, I guess I'll have two assistants, and I'll be the head coach. I'll stay in the dugout and have each one of them at first and third, just like the big leagues. Oh, they said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And we won the sectional as the first year of the state tournament. But Larry Haney down at Franklin Central, he knew what was going on. The other people did and what was going on with the superintendent thing. And he said, well, if you don't want to leave Marion County, and I interviewed at uh, three schools, I think, and I didn't really want to leave Marion County because uh, I grew up here and with this and that. So Larry Haney down at Franklin Central says, why don't you come down to Franklin Central and be assistant basketball with Marvin Canope and head up our baseball team. So I went down there and coached baseball two years and was Marvin Knope's assistant. Uh, I got wind of uh, by a friend that Hamilton Southeastern might have some good talent coming up if you wanted to get back into head basketball. So I talked to the school board. I was just kind of back when the trustee system and school boards were involved. And I go out to talk to this guy who was the president of the school board and he so happened to be in the barn milking cows on sunday afternoon his wife invites me in for to wait for he him to come in and she had homemade pie coffee so happened she had a noblesville paper uh article write up from that year's basketball sectional at carmel and i was reading that and it's at hamill southeastern so happened to have a kid named jack rottebush back who was a good player and a 20 and old JV reserve team. I said, heck, that can win with that. So I ended up inter- interviewing and all that stuff and I uh, got the job. And uh, first year we won as many in one year as they had the previous three. And uh, Don Jellison, the sports writer at the Noblesville Journal, he said, these people out here think you can walk on water. I said, I can in February. You bring him over to Geis. If it's frozen, I'll walk right across there. And had two good years and uh, pretty good years from what they were used to. In fact, uh, we go down to New Palestine. We we opened with New Palestine, and they ran run and jump, and we weren't quite ready in two weeks of practice. And they hit hit us pretty good. So at uh, holiday time, Christmas, we had a four-way tournament at New Palestine. They had a trophy about three feet high. They thought it was a state tournament, I think. And we upset them and won the four-way tournament. I said, we're going to cut the nets down. These kids, these kids have been beaten down for three years, and they need to cut a net down to get a little confidence. So we cut the nets down on a four-way tournament at uh, New Pal. <laughs> That's that's got me that far. <laughs> what was it like try, trying to chase down a coaching job after you graduated from Ball State? Uh, like I said, I used uh, Burl Friddle's name. I thought that might open a door or two. Uh, I interviewed a couple of real small schools. I uh, can't even hardly remember them now. I didn't want to leave the Indianapolis area. I looked at Elkhart Central. I didn't want to go up there in the snow belt. Uh, I didn't want to go to Hagerstown because uh, uh, they had a good smorgasbord and a nine-hole golf course, but they had to play in the Richmond sectional. Richmond won that, what, 14 years in a row, and the gym was about as big as my kitchen here. 
and so I didn't those I didn't pursue and uh, a lot of time I think every I was in four different high schools I think every school I ended up with a job somebody knew me inside or I knew somebody inside that helped get the job like Lawrence Central my first job with freshman basketball and football I had played against I played at Pike against Lawrence Central and the coach that was coaching then became the athletic director, Smizer Bruce. So he knew me. Uh, I don't know how he knew about me, but he, he hired me. And then I went to Pike, and, of course, that's where I came from. They knew me. And uh, I coached Little League and baseball there in the summer when I was in college. We had an outstanding Little League program back then, about the uh, 58 or so. There were four coaches. We were franchise Little League. Dwayne Bell and Ronnie Bell were both PE majors at uh, Ball State, later became coaches at Lawrence North, track and football. I was a PE major, and uh, the fourth coach was Noel Good, who had a girl and didn't play Little League league ball. So we had four coaches, and the good part about that is we didn't have kids in the league, you know how Little League goes sometimes. So uh, we might have been pretty competitive, but we didn't have our own kids playing when they weren't worthy. And uh, that's mainly the way you got to know somebody inside or have a great record. Or Not all coaches go far in coaching or as a player become good head coaches. You can see baseball that way. Some of the greatest baseball players not, didn't become great managers because it came so easy for them. They didn't know the fundamentals. Oh, you can't do that? And they couldn't show them. They just did it, and they get a little hostile because they couldn't do it the way they did it. I'm not going to name any names, but uh, <laughs> I know a guy that played for a couple of them, big-name pro baseball players. And, uh, you know, and your job and the openings. I, Ken Pennington, uh I did listen to uh, Wally Cox's interview. He mentioned a lot of the same guys I'm thinking about, and I was the same time. Ken Pennington was a great player, Warren Central and Butler. He called me one time, and I was in driver's ed and had to go back in and call him. He was at Rushville as assistant superintendent. He said, Stark, can you coach or can you teach math? And I said, nope, can't teach math, <laughs> industrial arts, PE, health, driver's ed. He said, whoop, can't use you. Okay. <laughs> so he knew me, but I couldn't teach the right subject at Rushville. So what but, was, uh, when I was a C, go ahead. What was it like with like, you know, was it just what you could teach and then you got a stipend for coaching how did the, uh, did you get a contract for that? I mean, how did that all work? Yeah, yeah. Back then, now it's a little more liberal or uh, easy because uh, some of the guys are well, got pretty easy. Good, they got good jobs now because they've won the state a few times. But anyway, back then, you had a, a salary schedule that was negotiated by the teachers with the school board. And you look at that, with two or three years of experience, you get X number of dollars. System basketball, X number of dollars. Head basketball, maybe X number of dollars. You just add it up, and that's what you got. Now, sometimes the, I know I went from marrying, oh, when I left Southeastern and went back to Franklin Central, 
the guy that hired me out there I was talking about that was milking the cows, he said, why in the heck do you want to go back into Marion County and teach and, that, and coach, especially in that rat race in there because of the competition? I said, well, Mr. Clark, I said, the truth of the matter is I would make eight to $10,000 more a year just on the salary schedule in Marion County rather than Hamilton County. And your best five years when you retire is your highest salaries. So that counts towards the end, too. Well, he says, I'll just bet you a steak dinner. I said, I can win a sectional and make more money at Franklin Central. He said, I'll just bet you a steak dinner that you don't win a sectional before we do at Hamilton Southeastern. Well, I went back to Franklin Central and won four sectionals, two at Shelbyville and two at Franklin Central, hosting and uh, uh, Southeastern just won their first sectional two or three years ago. And because they were in there fighting Carmel on Carmel's floor and the three Shepherd boys. And at, Fra- at Shelbyville, was, they just weren't as good as quite as good as Carmel, and they didn't have the Shepherd boys co- playing. So it's, it's cut and dried. It's all drawn out. Now some there's ways to make your salary go up uh, if they want you bad enough. <laughs> back you, then and now you know it's interesting before we started the show you talked about you know you're actually a stone's throw from jack Kiefer, kind of like uh branch mccracken was from uh, uh john wooden um how many other opportunities did you have and why did you go back to lawrence central well i, I was back at i went to left hamilton southeastern and went back to Franklin Central because of more money in sectional. Then I, again, politics crops his head up. I had a school board member, had two sons try out for basketball, and they both got cut. Well, this guy was bitter, and part of the deal when they got a new superintendent was to make some changes in certain areas, and uh, I was one of them. So after winning four sectionals and 60% of my games, I was chopped because uh, uh, I forget his reasoning. Is uh, we didn't win sectionals, of course. That's the bottom line everywhere. You got to win the tournament. And uh, I said, okay. I didn't burn any bridges. I went. I was in four high schools, and two of them I returned to the same place. I didn't burn bridges. If you don't want me, I don't want you. Okay, I'll see you. Goodbye. Well, South. I was at Franklin Central twelve years. Did that. Chop because I cut the, the school board simmer, son, and uh, I go back to Hamill Southeastern again, and I'm out there and uh, things are so so and uh, they uh, made a change at Lawrence Central. Uh, Jerry Petty was out, and uh, this, truthfully, the assistant with Petty called me on a March night and the snow was about knee deep. He said they let coach petty go today and they said i would not get a chance at the job and this was bob harris and he says i'd like for you to apply he said i'd rather work with you than somebody else of course he might have figured too somebody else comes in they'd make an assistant change i would maybe keep him because he i knew that he knew the marion county schedule and stuff so i applied and i got it and stayed there i don't know seven or eight years uh, at lawrence central and decided that was enough uh so i uh, helped the coach of junior high football and 
took the golf team and had them 26 years, and we won four Marion counties. So I've got a baseball sectional, four basketball sectionals, and golf. I couldn't win a sectional because we had some pretty good golfers down here and uh, did win the county four times. And uh, now I work at a golf course and won the golf conference a few years. I don't know, remember how many times we were in two or three different conferences. But uh, I work when I was in Southeastern, we played golf at this little course. And I would, they, when I was gone 12 years, they built it into 18 in a big clubhouse. I stopped by to see the pro, and I kidding him. I said, boy, when I retire, I want to hang around a golf course with green grass, the birds chirping, and generally real good people around a golf course. And he said, I'll put you to work now. And he put me, I'd close the shop on Thursdays and Sunday nights. And then when I retired permanently from coaching and teaching, uh, I started working outside, and I help at the pro now run tournaments and outings and a starter on Sunday, and I get to play free golf, and I play as much as I want when I want. You know, people don't understand how tough the Hinkle sectional was. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I can... I, and I can go on and on on the program about the Hinkle sectional. And that was just a fabulous, uh, it's just awesome. And that's one of the places that I, I came across you uh, because we talked earlier. And, uh, you know, uh, I was a member of the Broadway Rockets from 82 to 86. Of course, we got our butts handed to us. And I was on the bench when uh, Steve Alford went 25 for 25 from the free throw line, scored 57 points. <laughs> But then again, yeah, uh, <laughs> when we uh, beat your guys' butt uh, my senior year, but my junior year, you guys beat us. But, you know, yeah. uh, sectionals, you know I mean, I mean it, it's difficult. Yeah. Uh, when I was at Lawrence Central, we used to get to go and practice, if you remember, because it wasn't anyone's home floor. We could all practice there uh, for an hour and a half during the week. And we'd walk down that ramp with that big bulldog face in our face, and I'd tell the kids, I'd say, any great basketball player you've read about has walked down this ramp just like you're doing it today, tonight. And that would be George Mike and Bob Cousy just on and on (laughs) because of the old NBA, Indianapolis Olympians and NBA and college it's all played there and we played our county tourney there that was a big deal uh, started on tuesday wednesday friday saturday uh played at hinkle field house and when i was in florida i'd go to florida here recent years and, and go out to the golf course at noon you can always get on with somebody if somebody doesn't show up and we play and they might be from wisconsin or canada or here or there and i'd ask them do you ever watch the movie hoosiers and oh yeah <laughs> almost 80 percent of the people that I ran into, always had seen the movie Hoosiers. And a couple of times I played with Jerry Larson, and uh, he was a referee in the Hoosier uh, movie. And I'd tell him, I said, well, see this guy right here? He was the referee in that movie. And Oh, man, he was like a rock star. I kidded him. I said, I'm going to have to be your agent. (laughs) And he got a a jacket out of that. And he said one night uh, he got this phone call, and this guy on the other end says, do you want to be in a movie? He thought it was one of his refereeing buddies putting him on, and it was a guy wanting to know if he wanted to be in this movie. And if they had a speaking part, they got a little cash or money, 
And if they didn't speak, they were just in the movie. <laughs> but uh, I pray I was in, and they were always impressed with that Hinkle Field house and how they measured the basket and the back door there. And uh, we played out. I played out there as a freshman, and and I coached out there. And, and it's a it's a thrill to play in that place. That's for sure. Really? You, you know, I want to know more about the Hinkle sectional. Uh, I mean, how did you prepare your team or did you enjoy practicing there? Yeah, we enjoyed the practicing because uh, when we went to Shelbyville to practice, we always got out of school for a half a day and we'd eat after we practiced. But at Hinkle, they worked it so you practice at night. You got about an hour of practice on the floor. And they said, you know, I'd said before that, that think they can throw you off because the ceiling's so high and so much bounce out of the floor. Uh, and you're probably pretty well prepared because the teams in that sectional were all local guys you'd seen in the winter or even played in the winter. Uh, I remember one story. We played, I played for Burl Friddle that freshman year where the coach at Warren Central was Blackie Braden. Blackie Braden played for Burl Friddle up in Fort Wayne. Now they're here, X number of years apart in age. One's coaching at Warren, one's coaching us at Pike. We play them on Friday night at uh, Warren Central and beat them. The next morning, back in those days, Saturday morning about 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, the head coaches, athletic director, maybe the principal, and a sports writer from the Star would come and have coffee and donuts and whatever, and they'd draw for the county tournament. And the sports writer would supervise that. Well, lo and behold, after we beat them on Friday night, less than 24 hours later, we draw them in the county tournament out at Hinkle, and they beat us. So the, the tables got turned on us right there in 24 hours by the old coach and his student. <laughs> but it was uh, generally, like you mentioned, Ripple. Uh, when I went to Lawrence Central, I think the first two years I was there, we played broad. We drew right out of the hat, broad Ripple, in the first game of the sectional at Hinkle Field House, and the kids thought it was two after they did it two or three years in a row. They thought it was fixed. It just happened to be a coincidence because it's not fixed. <laughs> and one year, right in front of our bench, it was raining hard. It was dripping right in front of our bench, and ever pause, uh, my manager would have to rush out there about five or six feet and wipe it up with a towel. And they finally got that fixed <laughs> when they redid the whole field. What was it like to be a head basketball coach, especially at Lawrence Central? And I also want to talk to you about a little bit about, you know, the um, legacy at Pike with uh, Ed Siegel, who rest in peace, and Al Darner, rest in peace. You know, um, what was it like to, what did you have to put up to with the parents? Oh, I really didn't have too much trouble with parents. Like I said, sometimes they didn't get past the athletic director. Uh, <laughs> he would handle that. Uh, I had one parent, he wanted to meet with me uh, because, <laughs> get this, he said his wife wanted to explain to the girls at Bridge Club why uh, Stephen wasn't playing more. I about <laughs> fell out of my chair. She wanted to know. He didn't want to know. <laughs> and lo and behold, the kid ended up like a teacher and a coach and coached uh, junior high, 7th and 8th grade basketball someplace in the city. I don't even know where, and I don't know where he is now. 
But uh, one time I was coaching baseball in the summer and I had a kid. Uh, his dad was a little irate. Uh, I'm cleaning up after a summer game and putting the equipment away, the bags and the uh, whatever. And this dad, he picked up a rake back by this backstop and was coming up to the building to talk to me about taking the kid out of his pitching. And my son was with me. And he was like a seventh grader or sixth grader, and he still remembers that guy coming up there with a the rake. He thought he was going to kit me or something, but we talked it out and everything. Uh, you know, you you just got to pacify him. It is the hardest thing in the world to do is to coach your own kid, and the hardest thing in the world is to evaluate your own kid. I had a coach a coach in this county come to me and want to transfer and so he could play for me because he didn't think he was getting a fair shake and I kind of had to hum haul around and put him off and this and that because I wasn't sure he could start for me because I had some pretty good players and he'd be sitting on the bench for me so I didn't need that problem but uh, I didn't have too many problems. I did have a set of rules. I don't like to call them rules but uh, saying it rules uh you had to have your hair cut certain you know, back in those days i just want to cut short enough that you don't miss the open man down court uh you had you had where you had to play with your shirt tail in uh just i don't know it was a lot of things a couple of them were uh you're on the bus on away games the varsity guys will sit behind me in the front the jv will sit in the back and that way, if there's any monkey business going on, we can leave a reserve player at home. But some of those varsity guys, I can't leave at home. <laughs> you get what I mean. Exactly. Uh, and I had a rule in there that if we're practicing and your dad or mom show up to practice, I'll assume they want you, you can leave. They understood that. <laughs> and these rules you took home and you read them, your mom read them, the dad read them, all signed the paper and turned them back into me. And it was on file if something happened. If you got in trouble with the at, hollow at Christmas or at New Year's with alcohol or anything, uh, you were suspended till it was ironed out. All this was written down and you signed it and turned it back to me and I kept it until the season was over. One thing uh, that changed the was on my mind uh, if you were six back then, it still is, I suppose. If you were six five, six six, and they had write-ups in the paper before every season, these college assistants—that was their jobs—to go through the Indianapolis paper or the Cleveland paper, wherever paper. And you see a six six freshman, you get a form letter to that guy, that kid, because you want to be the first in the gymnasium. And I would get those. I had a six uh, ten kid that was pretty good. He ended up at Wake Forest with Billy Packer. Uh, recruited him, but those letters, if he started getting those kind of letters as a sophomore or junior too early, I just kept them in a shoebox in my closet in my office, and I didn't give it out to them when they were sophomores, so they misinterpret those form letters. You got that because you're 6'6", and they wanted to be established. I'd keep it till about their senior year. Then I would give them those letters, and now you go through them and see what you're interested in. Because if not, they would take that right out as a sophomore in a hallway and say, here, I got a, I got a scholarship to Notre Dame or someplace. No. And then that can cause parent problems and team 
problems and he's shooting too much because he's going there and I just kept that till his senior year and then gave it to him and let him siphon it out. <laughs> who who did you enjoy coaching against the most? And who did you you know? And we could talk we can talk about it because of where you are now. And, and who did you yeah. enjoy beating? Oh boy, I coached for twenty six years. I coached against a lot of guys. Oh. Uh, well, later later on. I enjoyed beating Ed Siegel at Pike <laughs> for several reasons. Uh, I enjoyed beating Rosenstiel at Lebanon or Zinesville, wherever. See, he coached at Zinesville before he went to Lebanon, and he played there. And his uh, stepfather was the Alfred Rosenstiel, the coach at Zinesville, when Jimmy was coming up out of Butler. Uh, let's see. Gosh, I can't even remember some of those. Of course, you always want to beat the, the big-name ones because that helps you. <laughs> You want to win the ones you're supposed to and look good in the ones you maybe are struggling against, and you can keep your job that way. <laughs> uh, I know one time I, I played in Marion County, uh, Morris Pollard was the dean of coaches and then Blackie Braden before him. But Morris Pollard coached at Danville when I played, and I beat him in a sudden-death jump shot when he coached at Danville. Then he came to Speedway, and I graduated from high school, college, coached at Pike. Then I had to meet that guy, and that guy was a great coach, and he played a matchup zone defense. I don't know if you know much about that, but that is a tough thing to coach against. You, They show you a 2-3, you go a 1-3-1 one, one against it, they slide, and you're 1-3-1 just like you are, and the kids are looking at you and standing around, and first thing, you're lucky to get 30 points. But I had to go against him when I was a young coach at uh, Pike because we opened with him, could play him in the county, and played him in the Zionsville sectional. Back then, the Zionsville sectional had Brebuff, Pike, and Speedway come up to Zionsville play for an eight-team tournament because they had too many at Hinkle. And uh, I had to match up with Morris, and we were good friends because I played against him and coached against him and uh, been to his house and all that stuff. Uh, and he played the matchup zone, and uh, just like Bill Green did. And uh, I messed around with it some. You can have smart kids that can slide and make their rules adjustment and pick up people. And I messed around with it. And then I went out to Hamilton Southeastern and coached against some of the smaller schools out north. I gave them some problems with it. And then I messed around with the one-three-one zone trap a lot uh, because. One three one. If you picture that, it's the wing, the front, and the baseline, and that's where most people want to shoot the ball. Well, you got a person in those spots, and it makes it tough. And we it, trapped, ran with the ball because I had kids that wanted to run. And of course, you got to be about eight deep because you get tired. That keeps a lot of people happy and parents. <laughs> uh, so I mess around with that zone a, a lot out there. I've coached against some uh, great people. Uh, Terry Stotts had just left uh, Portland. He played at Bloomington North when uh, we beat him in the regional. I coached against Whitman when he played at IU. He was at uh, Ben Davis. And then uh, Woody, Mike Woodson, who played at uh, Broad Ripple. We beat you one year when he played, I'm pretty sure, and then played at IU. He just took over the IU job. Some of the great players that also we played with, Mike Edwards was an All-American at Tennessee, and he played at Greenfield. A lot of people by now have forgotten about him. 
Montrose played at North and uh, Boston Celtics and Todd Leary. Now, I had some good players. you got to have good players to win. Some of the young coaches think that's all they're coaching, but you got to have players. They find out. I had Routabush when, like I said, when I went out to Southeastern, and he went on and played four years at Wabash baseball and basketball. Habegger played at Wake Forest. John Rocky played for me and has been the basketball coach at Franklin Central the last few years. He's a Wabash player. Jeff Haney played at the University of Indianapolis, and his brother, uh, Brad played at Huntington College. Uh, I had a kid, redheaded kid, story about him. He went on to Western Kentucky, had a burr haircut, short hair, burr, redhead, at Franklin Central in the 75, 76 era. And um, Zach Duncan, sports writer for the news, covered the game on Friday, called me on Monday. I want to do a story on Welcher's hair. I said, what? He said, yeah, of course, then crew cuts were not very popular and he had a red one the red a burka and the kids would rub his head the five players would rub his head for good luck just before they went out for the jump and he did an article on that and of course i had roger berkman at franklin central who played for louisville he was very disappointed by not making the indiana all-star game team and that was a little political and he was really hurt and he wanted to prove he could play big-time basketball. Well, Wyoming wanted him, and University of Evansville wanted him badly. And uh, luckily, he didn't go to Evansville. He'd been killed on that plane crash with Ed Siegel's son. And uh, he went down there, and he won the national championship. I think it was in 81. And then got drafted by the Bulls and got cut. When Danny Ainge came out of baseball, Celtics had to get rid of somebody, and they got rid of Woolridge, and the Bulls picked up Woolridge, and Roger got dropped, and uh, he uh, became the fundraiser for Trinity High School and Louisville Football Power, and Pepsi-Cola was a PR guy there, and now he's the athletic director at uh, Spalding University in uh, Louisville. He's married to a judge. Uh, judge Judy, in fact, <laughs> and uh, her dad was a judge, is a judge, or he may be retired now, and her brother's a judge. So he's got a lot of connections, and he and Denny Crum are really close. Crum's got a place out west. They go out there hunting and fishing by the weeks at a time, and uh, he now is kind of taking Denny around places and being his chauffeur. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Anything that uh, I might want to add? You there. know what? Uh, Some of my uh, sideline experiences. Uh, I went to out to Kansas City to an NAIA tournament once with a short-range coach who was also the Marion College coach. There were nine games a day. It was sponsored by Converse. It was the NAIA teams. And you could watch basketball from 9 in the morning till midnight. If you got bored, you'd go back to the hospitality room and talk to other coaches from around the country. In fact, aside of that, uh, I probably learned as much basketball in hotel rooms as I did in clinics. Coaches would get together later at night. We were drawing picture, or drawing plays on the mirror with soap. We didn't have a chalkboard or stuff. And what do you do against the one three one? What do you do this and that? And you learn a lot of basketball just off the court shooting the ball with guys. One other thing, 
<laughs> when I was a young coach right there at Pike, about that had to be second or third year, fourth year of my coaching. I'm out at Hinkle Fieldhouse in the south end of the fieldhouse in the front row watching the Indiana All-Stars practice. About six or eight feet to my left is this guy, dark-headed guy, sitting there watching practice too. And we start talking and then gradually slide closer together so we didn't have to talk so loud. And we hit it off pretty good, talking basketball and this and that. Well, I find out later it was Abe Lemons who coached at Oklahoma Baptist and then Texas, and quite a character with them. He had a ton of one-liners that were always in the newspaper and stuff. He coached a, or he smoked a black cigars, and he said, I, I kind of like the cigars, but he said, when I smoke them in my office, nobody comes in there, so that's why I smoke them there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was a character, and he said, in fact, he said, why don't you trade your ticket in? We were, it was part of a cl- basketball clinic with the uh, Indiana All-Star game, and you got a ticket. He said, what would trade our tickets? We sat together and talked tonight, and Lo and behold, later on, I find out who in the heck he was. (laughs) Uh, One of my pet peeves about coaching, when I watch now, is a team will win a tournament. And it's not organized when they cut the nets down. It's helter-skelter. One of the biggest things, when you win a tournament as a high school kid, you'll remember forever and ever is climbing that ladder and cutting that net down. And it's not to be organized. Uh, you need to start at the bottom and cut up, get your cheerleaders, your administrators, and then your varsity up there, maybe your wife, uh, assistant coaches, their wives, get everybody, the superintendent especially, uh, get everybody involved. They all like that. Uh, one time I had an interview at a school, country school. Uh, I go in this big boardroom, there's people around this long table, and they're introducing me, and I'm shaking hands with them, and I get around, halfway around, and I shake hands, and this guy's got a plastic hand. I'm sure they're watching my expression to see how I reacted. And I sit down, and I look over later as the interview goes on, and he had two plastic hands, and I'm sure he <laughs> lost them in a uh, corn-picking uh, accident. Anything? Um, tell me about uh, the, the people you enjoyed coaching against. Like, you know, tell me a little bit about Bill Smith. Tell me a little bit. I, I don't know how well you knew Gene Ring or or Fred Belzer or uh, you know yeah. um, the head coach of uh, Southport or. Well, uh, let's see. Freddie Belzer at Manual. Uh, Coached against him at Franklin Center. We were both Southsiders and coached against him. He was quite a character, a little pepper pot, enthusiastic. I coached against Gene Cato, the uh, commissioner of athletics. He was at Zionsville when I was at Pike. And uh, one time he was very excitable. He got on the referees. They zone pressed and this and that. It was wild. He got upset at an official call and took his their colors were dark green and black. The Eagles, Zionsville Eagles, still are today. He took that coat off and threw it over his head to the back, over his head backwards, and the basket on the sides were wound up so they got out of the playing floor. And that his sport coat got hung up on the net or on the basket and hung down the rest of the game. And later on, he became the commissioner of athletics. <laughs> and uh, I told him, I said, hey, 
you ever get on me and call me down to the your office, I'm going to tell everybody about that. <laughs> and he laughed. He okay. And then uh, he had uh, open heart surgery and had about uh, five or six bypasses. And my dad was at Methodist Hospital, and my dad's asleep, so I'm out roaming around. And I know Gene's in the hospital because it was in the Sunday paper that he had the bypasses. So I'm rolling around, and I'm going up and down the hall <laughs> looking for him. I see his wife standing by the bed, and he's asleep. And I call her out in the hallway, and I said, uh, that year he had re- uh, Anderson Highland and Anderson had gotten into it about a transfer, and he ruled a kid ineligible or something. I said, you tell Gene when he wakes up that uh, the people in Anderson don't even think he's got a heart, let alone that. <laughs> Uh, it was a good thrill to beat uh, Blackie Braden. He'd won the county two or three years in a row at Warren Central, then went to Southport as coach and won it a couple of years there. It was tough to beat him. Uh, he had some good players. Of course, he had Louis Dampier and Crevax and some, a lot of Indiana All-Stars and players. Uh, let's see who else was nice to beat. <laughs> And you know, I and it's it's not a bad thing, but you know, uh, you know, we're trying to get Bill Smith into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. So, uh, do you have any stories about him, or you know, uh, what you think about him? Not, not really. I really just played him and coached against him. I don't know any of his outside activity. Uh, no, he served in politics some. Uh, I knew, I know one year he was a finalist in the city or runner-up, and we were the finalists or runner-up, well, runner-up. And the officials association took all four of us to uh, Ruth Chris Steakhouse, and then we went over to the uh, administration building for schools and had a meeting officials and us four coaches and we were up on the stage and uh, they asked us questions what we were looking for and uh, referees and we told them what we were looking for and referees and this was back in the 70s mid 70s and i said uh, you young officials uh i uh i want my players to look neat and clean the haircuts and shirt tails in and i want to see uh young officials doing the same thing or i'm not hiring them because they're not a good example of my players. I don't know how that went over, but it, I said it anyway. And uh, uh, let's see, he was on that panel and talked too. I don't remember anything else was said about it. But one thing that always got me a little bit about officials was the young guys would call you during the week or months or whatever, want a varsity refereeing job or jobs, and I'd say, well, I haven't seen you work. I want to see you referee before I hire you. Okay, you give them a reserve game. They come and referee the reserve game, get their check, and they're out the door before the varsity game starts. Well, to me, it was a great learning situation to stay around at halftime and after the game and talk to the older officials and listen to what they're talking about, what problems they're having, and this type of thing. So that kind of was my pet peeve, too, on the young officials. They didn't stay around and try to learn. They wanted to referee the reserve game and leave in an hour and 15 minutes with their check. And I let them know, some of them know, know that too. <laughs> um, 
Were there any were there any schools that you could have gone to, but you didn't? Uh, let's see. You you stayed where you were at, and you could have gone someplace else. And you know, I'm assuming this is something that all coaches go through. Yeah. Well, you get tied down. You buy a house. Uh, your wife gets a good job there, and then the Elkhart job opens. You got to sell a house. You got to move. You got to you hear stories about all that snow up there. Some jobs look good, but the pay is less when you change counties or districts. Uh, there's other things to, and if you're comfortable where you are and you're winning, you now Myron Dickerson he left Connorsville to go to uh, Muncie North. And I was talking to him one time. I said, why did you leave? He's jokingly told everybody, you, when your enemies outnumber your friends by one, you better move. <laughs> or leave town when you're leading the band, not when they're chasing you, man. <laughs> so uh, it depends on a lot of outside, not just the job and what kind of talent they got, what kind of athletic director they got to work with. Sometimes, and this is off the record, <laughs> kind of, Sometimes I want to go to this school, and that athletic director is an old football coach. They have a tendency to lean towards football, maybe. Uh, there's a lot of circumstances to switching jobs, especially if you get older and comfortable in a spot. And some some jobs, the sectionals are automatic, and that's what everybody's after, sectional, regional, semi-state. I mean, where would Jack Kiefer go to improve himself? Oh, no <laughs> kidding. Kind of going here. Yeah. Did you have any opportunity? Did, did you have any opportunity to leave the state of Indiana? No, no. I had. I was interviewed. Uh, the old uh, basketball coach and athletic director at Elkhart Central. He called down to the commissioner back then. It was assistant commissioner Charlie Moss, who had been the tech coach for ages, was very successful. He called from Elkhart down to the commissioner's office and wanted a recommendation of three or three guys from down here that would might be interested in applying up there. Well, my name was turned in. I go up there. They're in school. I'm on break or I took a day off or something. Good long drive from Indianapolis. And I go up there. And I'm interviewed. Showed the building. One thing is they uh, they practice. They had to share the gym in Memorial Coliseum with uh, Memorial. One week you practice at 3:30, and next week you practice at 6:30. I wasn't used to that. I always had my own gym and practice time. Uh, snow belt. Uh, the assistant coach had a son on the JV team. He applied for the head job. They wouldn't give it to him. Now, how how is he going to be to work with? You know, he wanted a job and didn't get it. He's got a son on the team. He may think that son's an All-American. I may think he's an average player. Is that going to work? The principal was a well-respected disciplinarian. That was good. But his son died on the basketball court that winter in practice. How much repercussion are you going to get from that? So, and I, uh, he told me to come home and send some uh, tape up of some of my games. And I, it was in the afternoon in the spring, now I remember. And I hang around and 
Elkhart Central is playing pin in baseball at 3 o'clock or 3.30 or something. I hang around and I go over there and watch the, a little of the baseball game. I wanted to see the kids. Were they disciplined? Were they well-groomed or all that good discipline stuff? And then I came home and they wanted those tapes and I said, now, I'm just not sold on the job. I You take my name out of the pot. And just that's one instance. Then there's, I applied at some other jobs, Hagerstown, uh, one time North Judson. I didn't even know where North Judson was. <laughs> I drove up there. And most of those school board meetings are Monday nights for some reason. I drive up there from down here. Finally, I go early because I don't know where the heck I'm going. I get in this little town, and I find the superintendent's office about 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock. And it's just a little bungalow building. You go in the front door, and there's a desk for the receptionist. And uh, right through the door right there was the superintendent's office. Well, I was early, and they're going to be interviewing somebody in front of me. And he didn't want me in the building hearing what they were saying. So he tells me, he says, why don't you go downtown and have a cup of coffee and come back in an hour or something? And I said, well, okay. I go downtown Monday night. There wasn't anything open. <laughs> so, and then I got to go through an interview and drive all the way back. Indianapolis and have school the next day so a lot of stories uh, uh, referees can tell you more stories about getting snowbound and stuff and some of them were I know one was in a car accident going to a college game got killed and just bad stuff that way what was it like to you know go through your mind and think you know what I am going to have to stop coaching and retire I enjoyed, I don't know how to say this, I enjoyed Franklin Central tremendously. Uh, I had good kids. One time out of 12 or 10, I don't know, I had probably five or six that were honor students. Back two or three, I went to Wabash and tough schools. Uh, it's just hard to leave a place like that if you said you're going to have practice saturday morning at 10 they're there at 9 30. Uh, if you say be at school at six o'clock they're there at 20 till uh, just and then i was at other schools where it, they just weren't that dependable and there was constant trouble with grades or on the borderline stop them in the hallway are you passing math yeah i don't know <laughs> well right then that just told me, no, you're not passing that. I mean, if you're sitting in there every day and doing your homework and getting D's or better on tests, you're passing. And if you don't know, you're telling me, no, I'm not passing. So then Franklin Central, I didn't have that problem. They're real good kids. I'm real close to the Hanny boys, real close with Roger Berkman and Welcher. I played some of their golf outings. Uh, I'm going tomorrow to a retired coaches referees dinner at north of lebanon and the state commissioner is going to speak and jerry hoover the coach whitman at ben davis has a farm at logansport and he furnishes the meat for tomorrow it's like a salisbury or swiss steak and it is delicious and they have a speaker and they do that every spring and fall and uh the good kids and the, from the good families the classy kids uh you still hear from them and they keep in good contact yeah. Uh, Coach Norm Starkey, I ran a little bit long. Uh, I appreciate your input. I appreciate you uh, sharing some time with us. And uh, 
Thank you for helping to keep the nostalgia alive. All right. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.